0: Welcome to Demond Does, the six questions where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here cast. Thank you if it's your first time and thank you if it's your next time for joining us on Demond Does. Uh, before we get started, please remember to leave a five-star review wherever you downloaded this from. Leave some notes or comments or whatever, because it helps the show grow. It's, I don't know how it works, but that's, those are the rules, and that's what we're going with. And now, on to the review. The Produce Stand Podcast is like Litter Kenny. There's more going on once you peel back the surface. The show starts off with a limerick read by Matt and written by Al, and then they share what's happening in their lives, which I feel has been key to creating a great sense of community, especially since the pandemic started. Al, Tanya, Victor, and Matt then break down the episode of the week and while doing so, they invite us into their lives for a little while. It feels like the Hicks hanging out in front of the produce stand on the show with them sharing what's been going on and them chirping at each other. I know it's weird that I don't like the use of all the sound clips in the show, and part of it's because I watch the show with the subtitles on because it's hard to understand the dialogue sometimes. So just hearing the clips during the show is tough for me. Also I think it takes away from the banter of the show which I love. But I'm probably the minority opinion. Because what I'm most impressed by is how they've grown their community around the produce stand that's welcoming. The addition of weekly guests, recruiting from their Patreon, expands their community and brings even more diversity to the conversation. One of the shows I listened to was the recent Ag Hall social episode where listeners come together with the hosts to talk about Season 8. They've also had a surprise guest show up that was involved with creating Letterkenny to join them. It's a testament to the community that has sprung up around the podcast and a way to get a clear sense of the show. True, that episode is not strictly about Letterkenny, but it does showcase the type of people who are drawn to it and the passion that is infectious among the fans. If you get a chance, if you like Letterkenny, and you like the banter around it, and you like a good, strong sense of community, this is one of the shows that you should check out. My next guest is from the wilds of Toronto, Ontario. Yes, we're talking about another Canadian guest. He's a father of three. I'm assuming he's a husband of one, but I won't make that assumption. That makes an ass out of you and umption. A craft beer enthusiast and found out that one cannot jump into a hammock. But not only that danger, that dangerous stunt, he's repelled from a bridge, bungee, bungee jumped off a crane and once went skydiving with a fella named Danger Dave. Please welcome, from the produce stand, a Letterkenny fan podcast, please welcome, the Dude North, Matt (laughs) Belanger! How are you now? Good, you not so bad we
1: hey i got it right that time
0: <laughs> i've had a couple letter candy fans and i think uh, only one of them like i've said it and i didn't prep them and they're like uh what huh what
1: <laughs> L- listen we like i'm a co-host of a letter candy podcast and i still mess it up almost every time it's presented to me you'd think i'd gotten it right after 70 plus episodes but yeah i don't know figure it out right right
0: well <laughs> to be fair
1: To be fair. To
0: be fair. Okay, you're you're definitely a Letter Kitty fan if that didn't pass you. So
1: that one I never miss a beat on. I don't care whether I'm at work or I'm with friends. I will, even if I don't say it out loud, I'm always singing it in my head every time I hear the word to be fair.
0: I do it too. It's it's funny because I don't have a lot of Letter Kitty fans that I'm aware of around me, so... I end up doing it by myself and people are just looking at me like uh eh, you it's okay <laughs>
1: well, the, fan base, the fan base is growing though like I'm amazed by it doing this the the podcast that we do especially in the states it's it's continues to grow people are popping up everywhere and um, I love it it's it's the, the cult following is happening and uh, it's very valid and welcomed
0: it's a well-written show like um, yeah. and, uh, I, I really like uh the preciseness of the jokes and like i you know i I like that they 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 can yes and like a mother in that show yeah yeah
1: everything is intentional and well thought out and yeah i think that's what draws people to and it's and it's real with being kind of out there at the same time like it's relatable but it's a mess and it's just so much fun to follow
0: Mm -hmm. before we get into the six questions where would you like to be found on the internet
1: yeah the old internets absolutely i mean uh you can find me in my main home is on twitter at the dude north but for the sake of the show and al would kill me if i didn't mention it please check us out at at produce stand pod or you can check out the produce stand podcast anywhere that you can find a podcast Uh, we are a letter kenny after show uh and we have a blast doing it so please come find us
0: all righty matt are you ready to answer the six questions.
1: Probably not, but uh, let's let's get after it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Question number one: When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting?
1: See, of your of your questions, this one's the easiest one. I, I didn't. It's. I mean, that's not the answer I think people want, but I didn't. I actually didn't have a clue. It podcasting. To be completely honest is still a very new thing to me really um, from end to end from the listening experience to doing it being a part of it you know finding myself in the community is very new and it almost happened by accident <laughs> and that's, that's 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 the that's the god's honest truth of it so what happened was for anyone who has or has not listened to the produce stand i would call him our our lead in the show al He's got a bit of a background in these sort of things. He and I have worked together for years. Um, he knew that I had a bit of a background in film and television previously, in a previous life. And, and he was doing those sort of things at work. One thing led to another. We did a little fun thing. He's like, You want to come do a podcast? And this wasn't Letterkenny, this was something we just did on our lunch breaks. And it was fun. It was more just us sitting around shooting this shit with some friends, talking about our weeks. And it was fun. Fast forward to covid hits the fan right uh the world shuts down you know i've been working remote since march of 2020 and really we had nothing to do and i know in every place in the world shutdown looked very different here in canada for a long time we you know we really couldn't go anywhere like 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 many places like restaurants were closed malls were closed i couldn't get a damn haircut anywhere you couldn't see friends it it sucked to back up a little bit so at one point I had introduced Al actually to Letterkenny it was a show I had been introduced to and it, it seems to be one of those weird shows that you don't just accidentally find very rarely you typically kind of told about it if you don't have Crave or Hulu in the U.S. and, and wherever it's provided another place in the world if you don't have any of those and, and someone didn't tell you to watch it you probably haven't ever even heard of it but I led him on to it and, and he fell in love with it so One day he reached out mid COVID and said, listen, I've been trying to come up with a concept for a podcast. Do you want to be a part of it? He didn't even tell me it was about yet. And I just said, sure. What do I have to do? He said, well, I'll I'll do most of the work. And by most, I mean, he does all the work. I just had to show up every week, uh, along with his lovely wife, Tanya, and another friend of ours, Victor. He's like, yeah, each week we're going to get together. I'm going to give you an assignment, basically watch an episode show up. He's like, I don't care if you drink beer, smoke weed, whatever you want to do, just show up. Let's shoot the shit and talk about the show. Sounded easy enough. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And, and it was born at that point. So we are now I think, 70 episodes in or so from our show. We're into season eight and it's been a lot of fun. So it never even occurred to me to begin podcasting. This really was something, especially my involvement in the podcasting world was created out of covid boredom something to do something to keep us connected and have a few laughs when things were when when life was so hard to find something to laugh about so i'm very thankful that it happened and it's now we're here i am talking to you fine sir and, and it's amazing where it's gone so yeah that, that's that's how that kind of played out
0: so what did you do in your former life
1: Years ago, and I actually had a journey out to be doing something in film and television. I went to school for it, was pretty good with the camera, loved the loved being on set, these sort of things, and unfortunately it never panned out for me. I like many people who go to school, have these big aspirations, one thing leads to another, honestly a little lazier in my younger years. So I never quite found my footing, and one of the organizations I worked for right away or was coming out of school into there was a big massive buyout of the of, of the company the whole industry was kind of in a, an uproar at the time people weren't getting hired they're getting fired there's lots of reshuffles in the in these parts of it and uh, i just didn't find my footing and stepped away if you step away for even a minute you're, you're too far gone and it's hard to get back in so months gone by years gone by priorities changed Found a job, another organization doing something completely. I was doing actually I did fraud investigation for a number of years. So I know it's completely off off base, but that's kind of where I landed for a bit there by fluke. And kids came, priorities changed. It just became a background idea. So something podcasting, although it's not film and television, it's media in nature. It excites me. It's it's still a blast things like this are like small ways to stay connected. I feel to that kind of, you know, environment. So that's kind of how I found my way back to
0: Has your experience helped you uh, with podcasting at all? Uh, I, know you, I know you said you were good behind the camera and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I and just... and,
1: and tur- turns out I've got a bit of a neck in front of it as well. Uh, I would say that specifically, maybe, I mean, I understand how, how interviews work. I understand sort of what it takes to kind of do these sort of things. Even even before the podcasting through my current employer and with Al working a lot of times, we did a lot of things like this. So we did internal learning modules where I would be the voice for it or I would be the face that presented things. I even took my, you know, uh, without listing who I work for specifically, I, I, I just, I've done process management work for a number of years and I found ways to illustrate big changes in our organization using video so i would actually take myself i put together kind of a video explaining the changes and where we're going and and send that out rather than just sending a document and Mm -hmm. they were received very well uh so it was fun to kind of you know be in front of a camera play around some editing just just kind of get that sort of that touch again but doing it where i am so i managed to find ways to layer old passions into current uh lifestyles uh so i find it where i can and it's and it just gives me some fun times in between it all.
0: Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you had started out?
1: So much. I understood some of these questions were coming and I was, I, I really racked on brain how to answer some of them. A I had a feeling it would be fun, but I didn't realize how much, what's the point if it's not fun. Right. I know a lot of podcasts out there are very serious in nature and, Ours is not. If you've seen Letter Kenny, our show aligns with what Letter Kenny is. It's just a joke and a half, and we laugh our asses off. I'm usually half shit can by the end of it, and uh, that's okay. So the other biggest thing I didn't realize, especially the content and the and the, and what we were doing around celebrating this great Canadian comedy, was how impactful we were actually being. And this really humbled you and it it humbled me. And I know the others as well. It was very odd, A, for a couple of things. Again, you know, you can see I'm sitting in an extension of my house right now. You know, we're just average Joes who talking about a show we enjoy. And what we found was as we evolved our show, when we began to bring guests in, so we would invite our listeners of the show. So, A, we were tripped out that people were even listening to us. That's the first obstacle to get over. Like, wait, someone's. Someone's actually fucking listening to us. Like we're just talking, but apparently they we're interesting enough to listen to. And then what you find out is that you talk to your listeners and you engage with them is that they're very genuine in their appreciation for what we're doing, and that was very interesting. And again, like I said, it, it humbled me, and I, and it's part of what keeps me doing what we're doing because it's so much fun. We would have guests come on and we you know we'd ask them for final thoughts not one multiple different people have said they were so thankful that we did this especially during covid because it gave them something to to get away from and take a break from and you know we knew that was doing it for us but just the fact that others were perceiving our fun in the same way we were getting a lot of comments around it feels like we're just sitting down shooting the shit with our friends you know, like I know these guys and I know these girls, I could, I could hang out with them on the regular. I feel like I'm part of the show and and those guys, and the, which is so perfect for what we were trying to accomplish because we were, that's it. We're just a, a few friends hanging around, busting each other's balls, talking about a show that we like, and people are getting that and that it's, so it became genuine and we were making an impact on some people. And, and, and I love that. I think that's really interesting and exciting and, and, And fun. I mean, I've always said i like to be, from a career perspective, at one point, I used to talk about, I want to be a part of positive change. I don't care what that means. I don't care what level of change it is. I'm not fixing the whole damn world. But if the things I'm doing in my life are driving some kind of positive outcome, talking to my friends about a Canadian comedy and people enjoying it and feeling part of it and wanting to engage with us, and becoming friends, we've we've made genuine relationships with a lot of our listeners through our process. I can never be thankful enough for it. So it, it's it was an interesting thing I didn't know, and I don't even think anyone could prepare you for that. But it, it's it's been a lot. It's been a blast, and that's going to keep pushing us to do it, come up with new content.
0: Because you're get you're in season eight, and there's nine seasons of King right now. Nine, yeah. Uh, what do you uh, do? You guys have uh, plans for when you catch up?
1: Well yeah yeah we've talked about this so there's so they've done season i think they've already shot seasons 10 and 11 um if letter kenny lore plays out the way it does they'll probably release 10 right around christmas which means we'll still have content to move into the new year beyond that i don't know i mean there's there's little kenny which is a spin-off cartoon show they're very they're shorts you couldn't we couldn't do the the quality or the length of the podcast that we do under that but we could have some fun around that there's the old content about letter problems and the online stuff we've had some other successes where we've we've had multiple members of the cast or the crew come and talk to us which was such a such a pleasure i mean we're still trying to get jared kiso but i feel like he's the the, the white whale that no one ever catches but if we get him on the show one day fantastic but we've you know for those who know we we've had k Trevor wilson um who plays Squirrelly Dan. We've had Tyler Johnson, who plays Stewart, and a couple others. Even from the back end, we had uh, Danny Ellis, who's one of the art directors on the show, a very intriguing person to talk to and understand how her art and those fine details play into the show. So we're loving that we're getting this kind of access um, and these conversations that we would never have expected. So yeah, we'll keep trying to find new ways to stretch it out. Um, Oh, and then uh, they recently announced they're doing a spinoff of the show called Shorzy. So they're taking the Shorzy, yeah. If you didn't know about that, they took the Shorzy character and they're in the process of uh, filming and putting out a season of a show called Shorzy. As long as they keep giving us content, we'll keep creating.
0: Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? I thought we'd go completely off base here.
1: I'm a food snob. That's who I am. I wasn't always a food snob. In my previous relationship with my ex, she didn't like food at all. So our our exciting meal out might be chicken burgers and fries. The relationship and the wonderful woman I'm with now, she loves food like I do. So I'm catching up for years of miss out. But when it comes down to it, there's very few things that we repeat. For me, it would be there's a Small chain here in Toronto called North of Brooklyn. It's a pizza place. Five or six locations. And no, I wouldn't say pizza, but this place, it's phenomenal. Stone oven, baked pizza. This is a, I don't know, it's just a basic sauce of some sort, but you've got pickled onions, jalapenos, calabrese sausage, a drizzle of honey on this thing. And it is, oh my God, dude. I I can't, I can't get enough. I get upset when the I literally get upset and emotional when the box is empty, uh, because it was that good. And I don't do that about a lot of things. So that's an easy go-to. Um, if I, if I need a good, I need a good bite.
0: Ooh, you're a foodie. I love it. <laughs> I love
1: yeah. it. I mean, I can, I can, I could talk about a thousand. I mean, Mexican food is my jam that, that one, I, you, I could eat that every day, all day, but the pizza is definitely a, repeat offender in this household
0: does your wife do all the cooking or do you cook as well
1: well no i i can cook uh she definitely takes the helm she doesn't think she's a good cook but she's actually an amazing cook uh there's certain things i take over for so uh, as an example in the thanksgiving and i did a ham so we did turkey one night at her parents place her mom made it then we did a, a second thanksgiving dinner at our place with with our oma and uh, I cooked the ham, and that one I took over. So I brined it for like 24 hours. You know, made this really nice orange and the hell was it? brown sugar glaze. Oh, and dude, it just it was not to brag, but it was fucking phenomenal.
0: <laughs> no brag, man. It's delicious. It's delicious. You can't. It's not bragging if it's true.
1: I know, right? With what feels like a never-ending stream of news and information surrounding us every day, how do we ever actually get something useful out of it all? Well, that's what the Assorted Goods podcast is all about. It's a more casual perspective on what's going on in the world, where each episode, your host, Dan, myself, a regular guy turned curious mind dives into a topic from the news, history, or whatever's on my mind that week. Then we slow it all down and dig a little deeper passing along all the things that I learned from me to you. Subscribe to Assorted Goods wherever you listen to your podcasts and join me on my journey to learn a little more and, you know, not be too serious about it. I'll see you there.
0: Question number four. What are you curious about?
1: I hated this question but I love this question and I don't know if you're going to like the answer everything. It's, it's a blessing and a curse to me. I have a bad tendency of overanalyzing and getting over involved in basically anything and everything around me. I, I can sit back and watch, but like, I get yelled at by my wife all the time for just, you know, we'll walk like simple things that don't make sense. I'll walk by and they'll be like, an empty beer can't sit in the road and i'm like there's a story there like how did that get there why is it there what happened what was the series of events that led to that can like it's it doesn't make any fucking sense but i my curiosity takes over and everything and she's got the mentality like, who cares i'm like you're right there's nothing to care about here i'm just interested because i'm so interested in, in everything that's going on in the world i want to know why people think and what's happening and where they're going. And, and and it's none of my damn business. And I won't ask people, but it definitely, my mind never stops, which aligns with some of the work I do. Boss currently jokes with me that I'm kind of like a mad scientist where I sit there and I just think shit up all day because I'm always trying to find better, more effective ways to do the work that we do. And that's, that's basically my, my job. And a lot of that is curiosity right? It's, it's trying to f- get to the root cause and the root understanding of what's going on in the world around you. There's always a different way that things could be done, can be done, should be done, maybe shouldn't be done. And that's where I go. So yeah, is there, what, what am I interested in? It's, it's everything. I, and especially as I get older, I really want to, you know, I focus on things. I've got interest in craft beer, as you called it out. Um, I cracked an IPA before I started here. That's that's my jam but i I, i'll drink anything and i beer culture as an example is a very odd thing to me years ago i would grab a case of something i never even enjoyed it to be honest it was like it just felt like the right thing to do uh probably back in the days when i when i misproved or disproved the hammock theory there that i mentioned that was probably after a case of beer of something shit that i didn't actually enjoy drinking but in today's world the craft beer culture has taken off so you know i've even started doing some home brewing at home i've done a few batches nothing exciting don't worry but i'm starting to play around so i'm like how do they do this this is amazing The beer has a whole new world behind it and it's growing and people are interested in paying attention whether you like beer whether you drink alcohol whether you're gluten Free. These are all things that are now being achieved through things like beer uh, to satisfy everyone's, you know, interest in this kind of culture. So, you know, I'm definitely finding myself things that I personally enjoy more, drawing more attention and and trying to spend more time focusing on, like you mentioned, I mentioned I'm a foodie. So we are trying new flavors, trying new things, trying to mix it up, you know, keep the body guessing on the regular and that keeps us interested and keeps life moving along, happy. And, and uh, there's so many wonderful things out there. Why would you just settle? Why I hate I hate when people just do the same damn thing all the time. The world is, is amazing. It's so, and so then I think that's why so many people are very frustrated. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, the whole COVID shutdowns and all that sort of thing. But what the root cause of that all is, people want to be able to get back out there and continue doing all the amazing things they were doing it. The sacrifice that people make, I get it. I understand it. We're doing it. I've done my part. You know, those around me are doing their part. We're just waiting for those doors to open again so we can go out and see the world again, explore. We were already planning sort of random holidays we might take or where we could go next or how we can, you know, ditch the kids for a couple of days and just go, go off and, and rent a cabin in the mill of nowhere. Walk the woods. Like, I don't care. But yeah, I'm interested in everything.
0: You mentioned the beer culture. Yeah. What have you discovered that's unique to beer culture?
1: One interesting thing. I mean, it. we're also... Uh, I mean, we clearly drink too much. We're also winos on the same scale. And we'll do vineyards and things like that. I don't like wine culture very much. Uh, we'll do we'll do the vineyard thing. I find it very almost snooty. in A lot of places, you're finding new vineyards opening up. We've got a couple of good wine areas in, in, here in Ontario. Uh, but you're, you're finding these sort of more modernized, um, I'm calling 21st century wa- vineyards where they understand that people of any age and any, you know, whatever, however much money you have in your pocket, you can still come and enjoy a bottle of wine. Um, so that's nice to see. But in beer, it's very laid back. But the biggest thing is, it's one of those things, anybody can do it right? It's not overly expensive. I mean, to get started, you got to put a little bit out, but you can buy basic kits and everything. The average Joe who just has always enjoyed a beer could get lucky and with the right kind of playing around, come up with something fantastic. And what you're seeing is breweries pop up everywhere. And a lot of that, you know, I'm I'm making some assumptions here. Don't get me wrong. I have to believe is based on some of these just genuinely passionate people who realize, oh, this isn't actually that difficult to get started to get it right and do it well, requires some discipline, like anything, but that's how they're kicking them off. So when you meet some of these brewers and these people who run the, 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 the brewers, like in Toronto's example, there's one, to, there's like eight breweries within like a five kilometer radius of my house right now. Like, I'm not even kidding. You. Like I can walk to all these places in the city, I think there's got to be like 50 of them in total. Like, it's crazy. Wow. And, I, and I've been to most of them. And they're all very down to genuine people who just love what they do. A lot of them aren't interested in, in taking the world over and having their beer anywhere. They're like, come see us. We'll pour you a draft. You can take a couple cans home. Maybe I'm selling some in the store. Maybe I'm not. You know, that's how business evolves. You have to do things like that. But they're just very excited about what they've accomplished and want to share it with the world. And that's so genuine. And I love that about the, the, the culture that's come behind that. Um, And that's part of why, why I'm drawn to it. And then they make fantastic drinks that I can take home and enjoy.
0: (laughs) Question number five. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask?
1: Yeah, this is a tricky one too, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on the theme of podcasting, and because that's where this started, so we'll go down that we'll go down that road. Okay. Uh, one one of the things I would say is how did I find my voice, mm. right? And it's not as simple as an answer. I mean, there's kind of a history here. So this is a talk show, so I'm gonna go into it.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: And some people come out. They're naturally able to speak their mind, articulate, no shame anywhere, and they can just explode onto whatever thing they do. That was not me. When I was a kid, I was very shy, very closed off. I can remember doing a speech in class. I mean, this is way back, but like grade five on beavers and very Canadian of me. And I had to do a five minute talk. I practiced it at home thought I nailed it. It was four minutes and some 50 seconds or something. And when I recorded, when I did it in class, I did it in two and a half minutes. I was beat red, just shaking almost in tears. Like I couldn't, it was my worst nightmare, right. Talking to people and I hated it. I'm like, why, how can the next guy get up and do this? So I've spent years trying to push myself outside my comfort zone. And that's how I try to live. I mean, I don't succeed in everything. There's definitely things that are still I'm cautious about. And that's fine. And that's fair. And that's everyone has their apprehensions on things. But there are some things that I have tried to overcome and public speaking, like a lot of people, was definitely one of those. And I I think I knew, because once I knew you, I was fine. I could talk to you. But if I just met you, old Matt would have just shut down. So there was a number of key things that happened in my life that that helped change that and evolve that. So for one, when I was late teens, I was a camp counselor, which was very odd for me. And I, and I fell into that, but I went and I was a camp counselor and you were forced. If anyone's ever experienced this and you've worked at a camp, you were forced to be the most enthusiastic, shame-free person on the planet in order to keep these kids entertained interested, engaged and having the time of their life. Cause that's what they're for. It's nothing about, it's not about you when you're there, it's about the kids. So yeah, the first week or two, I was, this is so bizarre, but by the end of it, you know, I'm up on a stage, I'm I'm singing, I'm throwing things around. I'm I'm having, I'm having the time of my life and I don't care what a single person in the world thinks about me because it didn't matter. It wasn't about me. So that was a big moment from then on. I was able to, be a little more confident and at least speaking whether it was saying things right or not was a different story but i could do it again fast forward through the world i was beginning to I, you know i missed my footing in the tv industry fell into a different career and you know i was doing okay but i'm like i need to do better and i want to succeed i want to i want to i want to you know take those next steps and i found actually my footing in uh, i'm not sure if you're ever familiar with
0: toastmasters yes
1: yes So I, we had a club set up at our, and for those who don't know, Toastmasters is a public speaking uh, club organization, the world over, you can join clubs anywhere. I'm not part of it any longer, but I did spend about three years doing this where the whole focus is around building confidence and realigning how you speak confidently and and, and being able to articulate and and get in a very positive space. So I, I took to that quite well really had a good time. I became one of like sort of the senior leaders within the group very quickly, you know, sharing my stories. And, I, and what I found is, you know, they were just you're just speaking. It didn't matter what the topic was half the time. You just you were there and people providing very positive reinforcement on and a what you could improve upon what went well and so on and so forth. And it was a weekly occurrence. And what I also noticed through that as I got deeper into it is that I weirdly enough became one of those people that others were looking to for advice. I go up and give a talk. And it's very interesting if you've never experienced it is when people are actually listening to you, <laughs> it's kind of a trip. Same same with the podcast. It's kind of a trip because like you look around, you can see the eyes just focused. And it doesn't matter what you're saying. You think you're saying something very odd. Why would anyone care what I'm telling? You know, I'm telling stories about my favorite place or, you know, just how to talk and, but they're engaged. And then afterwards they're saying that was wonderful. How'd you do that? Didn't really occur to me that I was doing something right, but it began to grow my confidence. And then since then, I've been able to move through my career step by step, moving up into higher roles. And a lot of it I attribute back to my ability to speak and share information accurately and confidently to anyone around me. And with, you know, I have three kids now, as you mentioned, my youngest is just turning two next week, my oldest is 10. I keep my, my, my eight-year-old, my 10-year-old, I tell them, listen, guys, you're in school right now. It's, it's all important. Schools, schools want you have to do it, whether you like it or not, but here's the three things I want you to focus on the most for now. I want you to learn how to read. I want you to learn how to write. And I want you to learn how to speak. If you can do those three things, even if you mess the whole rest of it up, right or wrong, you'll be able to find your footing because those things will, take you further if you're charming and know how to articulate and be confident about things you're saying you know not always the person you want in charge but you'll get there um and then if you are able to do those things it also makes everything else a little bit easier as well uh, and that's the realization i've come to from when i was a kid to now is that i'm like man i wish i was able to have been more confident when i was younger it might have been a whole different path that I followed. It just took me a lot longer to find that confidence. I'm here now and I'm making the best of it and, and finding new avenues to be successful and have a blast in life.
0: Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? I
1: take part in every holiday you throw at me. Every commemorative Moment you throw at me, I will honor, respect, love, participate, celebrate. Whether it's Christmas, you know, how you name it, I love them all. They're fine. But but you know what I want? A you day, and, and let me expand on that. I know you can you can argue that you have weekends, you know, vacations. And no, no, I want a day where once a year, everything kind of just shuts down. You know, we used to get bits of that on. I, I don't know what, what it's like in the states, but like Sundays used to kind of be like. The, and I'm not a religious person, but. Uh, Sundays were kind of a day of rest, whether you were or not, most businesses weren't open, you know, people complain, like, oh, I can't get the things I need, but it was one damn day. And now everything's open 24 hours a day. Anywhere you go, it never stops. And it, and it can be overwhelming at times. And and again, as much as I love participating in all of the various things that are out there and some of them very well intended and, and, and supporting wonderful, sometimes sad, uh, sometimes exciting, but you're always being told what to do and where to go and how to celebrate these days. Mm -hmm. What they need is a day where it kind of shuts down businesses close. The internet goes into like sleep mode, you know, work doesn't happen where you just do you, whatever that means. I don't even care, but you're given the freedom to just be you for a day to sit back and enjoy some time to yourself without anybody telling you what you should be doing for that particular holiday. It doesn't exist. And again, the argument with that's those are weekends, those are you know your vacation time, but I I would I would argue against because even you know you've got kids and stuff too. Weekends come, I'm always doing something. We're doing errands, we're fixing stuff around the house, we're, we're visiting other family. You know, there's always something we're planned to do. But if you take away that uh, the planning or a lot of the elements that often result in what you planned. You're left with yourselves, your immediate family, you know, the things around you and just a day to just chill and shut down and and separate from the insanity of the world, because we have way too many things available to us. It's awesome, but it's also just borderline insane and um, no one knows what to do with themselves anymore
0: that is very true um (laughs) i try to do that with my birthday um actually the holiday question people who've known me a long time uh will say oh i know what you'd say demand day (laughs) <laughs> because I celebrate my I I count down to my birthday like yeah. it's uh August 10th. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: You know? that's amazing.
0: And uh you know, it just um and 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 mo- and honestly I don't I the countdown is probably a bigger celebration than the actual birthday. <laughs> Like I, I try not, I tend not to do much. Like, I don't remember what I did my last birthday, but I remember yeah. counting it down and, you know, just, and, and saying happy DeMonday to people that I see on my birthday. But other than that, yeah. you know, and and it's just to spread joy and make people laugh and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But that's, that's kind of what that sounded like when you said that. I was like, oh man, he would love the concept of DeMonday then. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm in, I'm
1: in. When is it? When's the first DeMonday I'm in?
0: Uh, Demogus 10th. It's Demogus 10th every year. We've <laughs> had uh <clears throat> of them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but, um, but I, and I, and I, I told people all the time. I like, that's, I stole the idea from a, a client of mine because her uh, birthday's in January and it was becuary, okay. you know what I mean? I was like, Ooh, how, how can I make, how can I make uh demand in August? How can I do that? And a late and a lady I used to work with, she always turned her nose up when I called talked about demand day and yeah. she turned her nose up and she goes, August, duh and then her eyes got real <laughs> like big it was so obvious and it was <laughs> when she said it, i was like you're absolutely right thank you very much she's like oh man <laughs>
1: some, some things are just meant to be and you just roll with them
0: yep <laughs> yep but Demogest yeah
1: hand, i'm writing that down we're gonna celebrate it with you
0: <laughs> and, and and you know i think i believe that you know for uh for a lot for most people or for people. It should be their birthday. I mean, yeah. you know, I, you know, uh, people who, I know people who hate their birthday and for, 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 you know, whatever their yeah. reasons are, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I always, I always find that just a little bit sad because if you didn't have it, the, uh, the, the, the uh, alternative is really, really sucks. So at least as far as, I, yeah, as, far as, yeah. far as far as we're aware of it, you know,
1: we even argue that, I mean, it's not, not the, the alternative. That's, I, I agree with you that, but, Again, you've got kids. I've got kids. When my birthday comes, it ends up being more about the kids celebrating for me rather than me. And I and again, I love it, and I mm-hmm. never change it. Don't get me wrong there, but it's it's very much oh, don't you want to do this because the kids would love doing? It. Do you want to, the kids would love that? So you do all these things because they're your everything, and you you want right. to enjoy the day with them. But you still don't get that that shutdown that sometimes is just necessary. Yeah. And um it's hard to come across. So being able to find ways to do that, I think, are important for everyone. You know, you hear about things like mental health days and things like that. Not to go straight too far here, but I'm not gonna lie, I've taken them in the past too, where I've called in sick and really I wasn't necessarily sick in the physical sense, but I'm like, I just need a day to shut down
0: mm-hmm. because
1: there's so much going on, I need to breathe for a minute, and that's okay. And that's really, it is so okay. And anyone who tells me they took a day off just to chill, good for you.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Because you can't get them back and, you know, you you can't get them back and nobody uh, regrets the day they didn't go to work.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not not on their deathbed. They're not going to think, man, you know, back in 2021, I took that day off. I really wish I had gone nobody says Damn, that my
1: boss must have been so disappointed in me so no, sad it doesn't happen it doesn't happen and if you and if that is what you're thinking I'm sorry like
0: yeah yeah'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how much you know because people do love their jobs you know I yeah. genuinely enjoy mine I you know what I mean I but if I could be home every day and still make the same amount of money or have all my all our needs taken care of eh, I wouldn't do it yeah, not going front. Absolutely, and, and
1: and I'm with you. I mean, I I know I talked a lot about you know missing my my step in the industry, and that's fine. But and it's taken me a long time. But I genuinely love what I do now. I've found my way into something that makes me genuinely happy. That I'm driving what I've talked about positive change, um, and and making a difference, even if it is just in the scale of what um, we do in the organization that I work for. So it's exciting and. It's, it's gratifying. Well, like you get up, I mean, with everything that's going on, I've actually, I've been more successful during COVID during on uh, a work perspective than anything else. Wow. I found, I found my stride um, working from home and, and managing conference calls and, and driving some major projects because it was fun and it gave me something to do <laughs> and people were listening. So it was great.
0: Matt, thank you so much. Thank you very much for, for all your time. I appreciate it.
1: You're absolutely. Welcome. I actually, I'll be honest. I I know we joked about this before did this. I was tripped out when you asked me and I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm not really that interesting of a guy. And your answer was everyone's got a story. And I thought that was really uh, genuine and unique. So um, I applaud you for doing this kind of thing. Uh, you're right. I mean, I, I we didn't get into this. And I mean the movie industry, I, I'm a massive movie fan in general. I used to own a collection of over 800 flicks and it was a wall of DVDs and I loved them all. But some of my favorite movies and stories have always been the very simple ones where it's just anyone who's living out a day and you're hearing their story. Um, it doesn't need to be Marvel and superheroes. I mean, as much, I love those too. Sure. It doesn't need to be that. Sometimes the, the best stories come from the most unexpected places. So
0: Thank you for doing what you do, sir. And thank you once again for tuning in for Demand Does. And if you could take a quick minute, if you hadn't already, please go on to your favorite podcast app and leave a review, leave a five star or the highest number of stars that you can give. So more people can see the show. That's how it gets seen. So until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live.